On this week's Raising Hell, we talk about the second win for the Dallas Renegades, the upcoming massive showdown against the Houston Roughnecks, and a little bit about the future of the XFL this season and beyond. Welcome to Raising Hell. Hello and welcome to Raising Hell, a Dallas Renegades podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Chris Eilenstein and Thomas Barrett. Guys, welcome on. What's up, Bobby? How are you doing? I mean, I'm pretty good. Thomas, you, you good there? I'm just shocked you're having me back for a third week now. Thomas, did you put away your almonds and did you decide to use the restroom before getting on the call? I absolutely did. Today we got cashews. So <laughs> No, no nuts no. of any kind. He's a big. Oh, he's a he's a big nut guy over here. Just mixing the nuts. Oh man, that's low. That's low hanging fruit. We're off to a great start. Um, anyway, don't so prop here. up big legume industry. <laughs> big, <laughs> big legume. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so uh, we're here to talk about the Dallas Renegades. Got another win, uh, moving to second place in the West. Um, you know, beat the. Beat the Seattle Dragons 24 to 12. Great win for the for the Gades. Gotta love it. Um, and now we have kind of probably one of the biggest games of the season with the um, the uh, Texas Throwdown, as they're <laughs> calling it, uh, in Arlington. So uh, big big opportunity for the Renegades to uh, capitalize on the on the West here. Um, so let's just dive right into. Um, just dive right into kind of talking about this the Seattle game, uh, particularly that 18-point uh, run at the end. The Renegades just, as is tradition, just took all the way until the end to actually kick it into gear. But when they did, they were, they were hitting on all cylinders. That's one of the things uh, I've been most proud of this team thus far. I'm just kind of forgetting about the first game, but this team keeps finding a way to win. Especially in the fourth quarter, they just when it comes to crunch time, they just suddenly their offense clicks. They have a great tempo going, and that defense that looks super bad in the first three quarters just finds a way to shut the other team down when it matters most. Absolutely, and like, like good old Renegade Jim on Twitter would back this up and saying they're two and zero with Landry Jones, the closer, the finisher. No, we don't like him anymore. In. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't say he Renegade didn't respond jim. to my dm i wanted him to come on the podcast he didn't respond J- jim <laughs> ghosted us jim if you want to be mentioned on the pod just don't don't ghost us dude left left us on red here uh, anyways i i mean agreed eh? this team is definitely has definitely has a different vibe with landry he's still a little shaky two interceptions again um but that's just landry for you that's just how this guy is he always takes a little bit to warm up, but when he's warmed up, they're clicking. Um, and not only that, another fantastic game for our guy, Donald Parham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donald Parham is my guy. Like I, I'll say this probably every podcast, 6'8", 257. He's in the low four sixes for his 40-yard dash, so he can torch those defenses. You saw in that one, he had a little... A little bit of juke, he broke some ankles, and he just went straight down the field. And I think just with Houston upcoming and their offense from now on, besides Cameron Artis Payne, you got to just feed Parham at like every step of the way. Just give him the ball. Yeah, I, I believe he they, they did some 
um, speed test on him uh, for that big touchdown he had. Definitely the play of the game. He hit, I believe, 23 miles per hour on that. It's crazy. Yeah, he hit, he hit 21, and he said on Twitter he could hit 23 <laughs> if he got to stretch before. <laughs> Guy, I was mixed up. I just saw 23, but... Um, no, yeah, he still was. He's still flying for a tight end. Oh my gosh, yeah, like that's that's some blazing speed right there. And, and I just, I don't know how this guy. This is one of those players that kind of slipped through the cracks. This guy, I think, would be very good in the NFL um, in terms of you know speed, size. He's got it. Uh, so well, let's not let's not th- uh, let's not think it's over yet, though. Like like we've been saying, the XFL besides being maybe the last stop for someone on their journey for others. It might be a way when they've kind of been missed or cut from squads. It might be a chance for them to re-show their value, I guess. So maybe some NFL teams are watching, seeing he's that lengthy target that's also got some speed down the field. Maybe he gets another shot. Definitely. And uh, let's just go ahead and give him the MVP for this one. I think it's I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I believe he had two touchdowns. Two, we don't have box scores, which is really annoying. <laughs> um, it, the I love the XFL. I think it's a cool setup, but they need to be better about getting their information out here because it's it's shouldn't be this hard to find a box. It's miserable when I ask Alexa what time the Renegades are playing. She can't even tell me. <laughs> really a hard life I'm living. <laughs> who do you got to pay to get? Who do you got to pay to get on on Alexa? That's ridiculous. I know, right? Yeah. So one thing one thing I think we should bring up with the Renegades offense, I don't know if it's that big of an issue thus far, but at least the announcers kind of talked about it in the last game, is I kind of just wish Landry, well, one, he needs a little more patience in the pocket. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but on some of the plays, you know, the pocket would start to collapse a little bit, but he still had another second or two, and he just was kind of getting jumpy, forced some throws, and... I think part of that issue maybe too is that he is about as mobile as a drunk baby giraffe. So <laughs> if he was that's giving him something. Probably generous, but if he was a little more mobile, there were times when I saw the pocket kind of go to the left and right and collapse and he'd have these huge gaps up the middle, but because he's just not gifted with the speed that he wouldn't just take off down the middle the way some of the other quarterbacks may. Yeah, I it just I think the O-line probably is the biggest weakness for the Renegades, as well as, uh, you know, most teams in the XFL. Um, because it, it's it's hard to get good O-line play. And uh, like you said, there are a lot of situations where Landry, you know, should be able to scramble out of there and run, and it would really help him. But he's just a sitting duck there. I also don't think he's healthy, really. Yeah, I mean, I that that's another thing I was thinking. It could just be he's still kind of warming up into the season. I mean, we're only a few games in. Maybe he's not done healing yet. So maybe he'll get less jumpy as he gets a little more practice, I guess, and keeps getting reps throughout the season. Hopefully he can stand in the pocket a little more. But maybe he's just protecting that leg at this point. I don't know. you got to remember, at this point in time, he's had about two and a half weeks of reps with the first team. Like, he, he didn't – do any of their spring training or whatever you want to call it. He, mm-hmm. he didn't take care. He didn't do anything in the preseason. So I think that also speaks to why it takes this team a little bit of time to get rolling and how we've seen these two second half comebacks because he just gets rolling. And I think as we continue to go throughout the season, we'll continue to see him get better and better as that knee gets healthier. And also he just gets more comfortable with the weapons around him. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we move on to defense, uh, how did you like the uh, play calling for the most part with Hal Mummy? He, I know he, he definitely tried to get uh, Cameron Artis Payne involved in the passing game as well. Uh, CAP had about 30 yards of receiving in addition to his 80 yards rushing. Great performance from him, but we got to give it to Parham. Uh, so do you do you, I don't know? Do you guys like the the move to throw it in the backfield as much, or should you know the Renegades probably start heading downfield a bit more because they had success uh, when they started really going for it. I think they need to open it up a little bit downfield. You look at the number one draft pick, Jeff Bidette. That guy's a burner by definition. So just see what you can do. Get him in space. I imagine he's probably one of the fastest guys in the XFL. And so it would be nice to see. And who knows? Maybe the answer is Landry just doesn't have that arm. But oh, Okay, I'm back. I froze for a second there. Sorry. I know you're good. <laughs> um. So if we're still on the subject of the we're still on the subject of the play calling, I would say the first few drives were definitely frustrating. Um, I mean, you kind of live and die by the air raid, I guess. So when it's not clicking and you're just kind of dinking and dunking like they did the first few series, and things aren't going right at first, you're going to have some of those three and outs and low yardage. Um, but I think when it's when it's humming and it's going on all cylinders, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. I think the tempo's there and I think they slowly just kind of wear down these defenses. So, and then they, once they get into this good tempo, they just march down the field and find a way to get in the end zone. It sometimes just takes them a little bit of time throughout the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, um, in terms of uh, that, that air clearly. Uh, so in terms of offense, is there anything uh, you want to talk about more or, that's pretty much pretty much it. Uh, definitely, I'm pretty I'm pretty glad that more we were actually seeing more drives in and touchdowns. That was that brutal. double pass though. Yeah, finally was, double pass. <laughs> the second ever double pass to ever be completed in the XFL. Possibly the most electric play in the XFL. The double pass. We need more. I want more. The the only thing that was more electric was that kick return in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, that, that was cool too with the reverse, yeah. That was awesome. In front of thirty, in front of thirty thousand people. Props to St. Louis for showing out. Yeah, I mean, all they did was just chant about how much they hate Stan Kroenke, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just, just such a great move. They, I think most of those people there didn't even care about the team. They just wanted to, they just wanted to bitch about the Rams leaving. <laughs> and it was a brilliant St. Louis move. Louis is by- a football town. <laughs> it's a brilliant uh, move by the XFL because they knew Seattle and St. Louis were going to bring massive crowds, and so they staggered them on two and three. And so now they can say that over the first three weeks of the XFL, attendance has r- risen every single week. That trend's most likely going to stop this week with you got Dallas hosting, which will probably draw about twenty thousand, and that's <laughs> going to be good this week. And I think Tampa Bay and I forget who the other two teams, but that trend's not going to continue. But I think the XFL is starting to show a little bit of staying power to a point. It's that been was, interesting. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say that was actually going to be something I wanted to bring up this week. I just was wondering what y'all's thoughts were. Like, now that we've seen a few weeks, uh, I mean, Thomas just answered this, but Bobby, what do you think? Like, now that we've seen a few weeks, is it something you think is sustainable? Do we think we're going to see 
more than one season? Like, how are we feeling about that? Uh, I think we definitely do see more than one season. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the uh, drop-off in uh, viewership. Um, it's understandable, mainly because, you know, it's always going to be hot. You know, your your first weekend, always going to – people are going to tune in, want to wa- watch. But um, I believe it was another double-digit dip in uh, TV viewership. That's yeah. probably the biggest issue. Uh, in terms of game attendance, it seems like people are buying in. Like uh, Thomas said, you know, uh, attendance rose, actually. And I think the thing that I at least to me has been very evident is the game's the atmosphere themselves at the game like looks like a great ass time. Uh, it's a it's a fun cheap option. I don't know if they got their shit together with the concessions, like Thomas talked about. I don't know how it is at other stadiums, but um, it seems like it's very reasonably priced. Like it's still going to be cheaper than your basketball, or I mean, hockey's fairly cheap, but it's cheaper than basketball, and it seems like people are having a good time. They're fully embracing the gambling and the the beer snakes and all that good stuff. So it's there's a rowdy crowd. I think that's something people can look forward to. Yeah, they're they're definitely embracing the weirdness of it all. Uh, shout out to the St. Louis fans for starting. I believe their chant is just yelling "caca," just going "caca." <laughs> <laughs> You'll just. I, I was watching a lot of videos of you know their uh, you know of the fans before the game and just people screaming "caca" at all points. It's just that that makes me really happy. So what do you think, though? I mean, as since numbers go, they did go up, but the past two weeks was like the very first Seattle game that had 29,000 and the St. Louis had 29,000. Outside of those two, they did drop off. I know Seattle went from 29-something thousand in their first week to this last week against Dallas was like 22. Still there, but it did drop off. And then I guess we'll have to wait and see what St. Louis looks like next week. I know the defenders dropped off a little bit. Um I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, and, and again, some of that's probably novelty, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. Um, they need some know. more stars. I know that's hard to say, but or that's like it's hard to do. But they need to find a way to get a little more star power than like Cardell and Landry, because like, yeah, they've had some NFL experience, but they are, let's be honest, like not top tier stars which are they are going to the nfl but they need a little bit more star power elsewhere i think are you trying to tell me taylor cornelius is not a star (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) gotta throw some respect on corndog's name man that's ridiculous uh i i think but go ahead you just i think when you just go ahead and you look at the xfl though i think if they're if they're the MLS within five years when it comes to attendance and viewership, I think that's a win for them. And I don't think that's too terrible. I haven't looked in detail into what the MLS is, but it feels like a pretty similar crowd. Like it's not drawing massive crowds. Like you're never going to expect them to draw as much as the as America's team or even college. But well, that'll they're be, be interesting. Able to have a nice little niche. That'll be interesting because I mean the MLS. I think a couple days ago made a statement that they were going to become. Was that the third team behind or the third sport behind football and basketball or something like that? Like they said they were going to pass baseball in like 10 years and they were going to pass like Premier League and La Liga by like 2040, which is quite the bold statement <laughs> considering so the, quality of, play, bold statement. <laughs> the no. quality of play between the English and the Spanish leagues and the, or even like Bundesliga, the German leagues and, and MLS is a sharp drop off. 
Jesus. But I, there's there's got to be room for the XFL to grow. I I um I'll be curious to see if they're looking to maybe expand some teams or next season or what they plan on doing. So yeah, I I definitely I definitely think they'll live past this year. I think they're going to try to play out the full three. Uh, Vince McMahon has it, uh, I believe, funded all the way through three years already, which is great. It needs room to grow. I think it could be a very fun minor league type option. I don't, I don't understand why we need it to, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people are judging it on this really intense standard. And I, why no one no one freaks about freaks out about minor league baseball like not getting enough attendance so why are we freaking out about the xfl yeah like, that's fair i guess i i probably like do that sometimes i'm like oh is the xfl gonna rise to like one of the like premier pro leagues or whatever but it it honestly doesn't need to be that i mean as long as they can maybe expand to some cities i think probably keep their attendance numbers up and just provide that like little spring getaway for people when they're craving their football. I think that's probably all they need to do from their objective. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we never talked about the defense. There's no way talking about their defense. It, bad. They had some good, um, uh, I forget what that one safety's name. One of the safeties was playing really well. Like I believe in the box, like covering some runs and stuff that, our safety play wasn't too bad. It was really, um, it was really the cornerbacks. Let's see, I I wrote some notes down. Our our defensive line seems to get really good interior pressure a lot of times, but what seems to happen is like our corners. There's always it seems like there's separation between the wide receivers, and they just find a way to get open. And then even on some of those deep balls, um, I caught myself screaming at the TV because the the defensive backs just never seem to like make a play on the ball like they were scared to touch them and then these wide receivers would just get these 50 50 balls which i think is also interesting because you look at it i i've watched a good amount of the xfl fields i feel like i haven't seen disorder i feel like i've seen less pass interference than anything so they're letting the guys go out there and play so you'd expect these dbs to be up on these guys not afraid of that but it does feel like they're afraid to turn around make a play on the ball or get physical with the wide receivers yeah i i I do think cornerback plays it's hard to I, I think really really get right in a kind of diluted talent field I, I think I think I think that's probably it's one of those things that just isn't going to be the the caliber that we expect to see on Saturdays and Sundays you know for NCAA and uh, the NFL um, but you know they're they're they're, they're doing all they, they're doing all right they locked down in the third quarter got some stops when they need to and one last um, thing, they just need to hold people on third down. I think that's a huge thing they don't do. It's like it seems like they'll get these people kind of behind schedule through first and second down. It's a long third down. And then people's – at least last week Seattle was finding a way to convert on a lot of third downs when realistically like the drive should have been over. They should have punted. and It should have been Renegade's ball. But they couldn't seem to clamp down on third down. At least until like third and fourth quarter, that's when they just seemed to – come together as a unit but i think early on to kind of help landry and get that offense going earlier we got to get them off the field um on those third downs yeah definitely so in wrapping up this uh i guess we we get we gave out our mvp who who was the lvp in this game uh either team just anything i think it's probably jim zorn that guy's horrible (laughs) 
seriously, once again, just really tame playmaking uh, or play calling decisions. I, I just I can't stand the guy. Uh, I feel bad for all the Seattle fans who have to watch mm. him take really conservative field goals, and it just it sucks. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, Zorn, you get the LVP. I think going off those lines, maybe I'll just go with Brandon Silvers, their quarterback. He just um, kind of looked hot early, but then I mean he had a couple, I get two picks that were like pretty bad. They, they there's no reason for them. They almost look like those Landry picks where you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to do that. Like, and Silvers is definitely a lot more athletic too, so he he's okay running at least somewhat when he needs to. So. Like, I think Jim Soren was showing some frustration with him as less mild-mannered frustration as Jim Zorn could give out. But, um, yeah, he's my LVP. Well, Bobby referenced mine earlier in the earlier in the pod, but mine was definitely the St. Louis Battlehawks fans <laughs> deciding that their go-to chant was going to be, Ka-ka! Hey, man, I'm all about the caw. The, the St. Louis is a weird place. Uh, it was once described as, uh, I think, a city where everyone like does things the wrong way, and it somehow works out for them. This the entire city just does everything the wrong way. You look at their square pieces of squares of pizza and all the weird shit that they do. Weird town. Weird town. <laughs> Backwards <laughs> town. Everyone knows each other. Terrible town. I, I've met zero people from St. Louis that I like. <laughs> Chris Dore, you are officially <laughs> added right now. <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> but they honestly uh, know each other. It's kind of a weird cult place. They they do they do stuff weird in St. Louis. So yeah, maybe no, Chicago, I, an XFL team next year is approaching. Chicago <laughs> would be cool. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Chicago. Something, some kind of mascot that'll shoot down obese birds. The <laughs> St. Louis Battlehawks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The obese bird. I that's a that's another thing that 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 okay. I think the Renegades might get the MVP uh, their for their Twitter account for absolutely just burning the city of Houston to the ground as well. <laughs> they oh have, my they god! Have rocket, no regard. The rocket one today was like only in the city of Houston did they build something to shoot their citizens away from the city of Houston as fast and as far as they can. <laughs> It just all of the tweets about the smog and the swamp. It's just like they are. You know, they were going back and forth all the way thread off. Even like it'd be like Renegades post Houston responds, then Renegades replied to that. Like it was going down the thread too. Oh, that's beautiful. I've just been a little disappointed they haven't brought the Astros and cheating into it as much as they could. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to walking into Globe Life with my trash can and just sitting there banging <laughs> on it. I, and here's the thing that's interesting about this rivalry is it kind of it it, it kind of is Rangers Astros in a weird way um, because you know the towns have so much history. Uh, so I think it's it, it, until you can get to the uh, games against each other where you can beat the crap out of Carlos Correa and uh, Jose Altuve, this will just this will do for now. Oh, here's another thing. So not only in that uh, in the Rocket tweet. It was kind of a double disc because they said it's telling that the most popular organization in Houston. So they, on one hand, dissed all the other teams and everything in Houston. And then their primary goal is launching people away from Houston as fast as humanly possible. 
yeah, it, that's, <laughs> that's just incredible. And then SpongeBob meme, that's Florida, not Houston. And they go, yeah, thanks, buddy. We're just ripping on your garbage emoji city. <laughs> <laughs> just no regard whatsoever. They're taking out families. They're going for everybody. They they are coming for they're they're coming for blood. If uh, anything, this makes the XFL worth it. Just the XFL accounts, Twitter, and the Renegades slash. I mean, so the other accounts kind of seem tame to the Renegades, but the Renegades Twitter and the XFL's main account, they just they're gold. It it is absolute golden, <laughs> and I I love the way they've been marketing this thing. Uh, and I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about this game. Uh, we have this week with. I, this is this is a, a just a massive matchup. This Houston team, uh, only undefeated team in the XFL after the Defenders laid a huge old egg against the <laughs> Wildcats. Really, that, that game made me question everything I knew about the XFL. I was shocked. I remember I, I saw it any on, given Sunday. Uh, yeah, apparently the Wildcats who had looked horrible out here just smoking the Defenders. I, that just who knew, who knew? Maybe the defenders just aren't good outside of D.C. I mean, again, I could remind everybody that the last game the Wildcats coach literally just had both arms around the bench, just nobody within 20 feet of him just didn't even look like a football game was going on. just looked like he was on a park bench somewhere. <laughs> just did not care. <laughs> uh, um, but the Roughnecks probably have the uh, MVP so far this season, and uh, uh, it's P.J. Walker, I believe, uh, the Temple product. Yeah, so I got a question for y'all. You, I think you guys have both seen more Roughnecks games than I have. I, to be fair, I've watched a lot of I've watched all the Renegades games, but I had caught bits and pieces of a lot of the other games. But uh, is he probably the person we're most worried about with the Roughnecks? Like, give me a rundown of the Roughnecks. They've yeah. got him and another wide receiver. And I'm blanking on his name. Maybe Bobby knows him, but they're a pretty electric little combo. They they feel like they're on the same page most of the time and. It's big play after big play with them as we were enjoying a Bob Stoops conversation, a Bob Stoops interview earlier this week. There's going to be big plays between the two of them without yeah. a question. Without a doubt, they are a highlight factory. Uh, the wide receiver you're thinking of is Cam Phillips. He uh, had himself a ball game, 194 yards <laughs> receiving uh, <laughs> on just on just eight receptions, eight receptions, 10 targets. It just, I mean, the dude's a killer. Uh, out of Virginia Tech, and then um, again, uh, PJ or Philip Walker. I think it is PJ. It is definitely PJ. Why does it say Philip? Um, I mean, just did incredible. That game is where the him. letter P does come into Philip, Bobby. That is, that is true. No, no, no. It, it's listed. <laughs> Paul. It's listed weird on XFL stats page, which they got it up. So congratulations. They they probably heard. And then made a stats page for us. So thank you for that. Uh, we just need box scores, honestly. It is it is a box score, actually. Oh, just not yeah. ESPN. Yeah, no, he had he had 306 yards uh, through the air on really? uh, 20, Thomas? Tw- 24 through 30. I'm watching, I'm watching videos. He of, always of the needs renegades. to find a way to just disrupt at some point through food or whatever he needs to do. He's out Come back next out here. week for how can I ruin the pod? How we are a professional podcast here, Thomas. I I couldn't I cannot believe you would bring so much unprofessional energy here. I'll I'll let you garnish a little bit of wages off my next paycheck. My bad. <laughs> I I will I will 
I, in response, I will hoard more anchor money. Uh, <laughs> 30 so, cents. 30 cents. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 24 for uh, uh, 36 through the air as well. That's pretty good. Um, not a big rusher. You'd think you'd, yeah, he runs a decent amount. He had 34 yards rushing. He's averaging about 25, 27 yard, uh, yards, about four attempts per game. So not not a huge dual threat guy, but he can definitely move if he gets out in space. Uh, that's just need to get off to, to a fast start. We just need to get off to a fast start, get our defense to get them off so we can get Landry kind of get the ball rolling, hopefully kind of grease the wheels a little bit early with Landry's slow starter. Maybe, well, yeah. But if we do get out ahead, I'm a little worried about how the Renegades defense handles a team that's coming from behind and having to pass a bunch because I think I would say our weakness is definitely the pass defense. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, that offense is going to need to be humming early, uh, without a doubt. Um, this is this this Houston team's a real deal. Uh, clearly, the best team in the league, and uh, this. Hey, who knows? This could possibly be a uh, Western, Western, I guess, division. There aren't con- it's not big enough for conferences. Western Division Championship uh, preview. Who knows? How do we feel Whoa. about? We talked about the name of the rivalry. How do we feel about the Texas Throwdown that they just came up with? It works. It works. It's. I'm more excited to see what the trophy is. I want to see them have a trophy that. But it, it's difficult because only played twice this year, so it's very easy that it could be a tie. Like, it needs. It, it needs should to have be. some kind of trophy that's an aggregate type of trophy, similar to a soccer one. That'd be fun. It needs to be something you can wear. Wearable trophies are the best trophies. It'd be like a Red River style gold cowboy hat or something. It, it, I mean, honestly, I would be very okay with them ripping off the golden hat. <laughs> XFL <laughs> literally just goes up to Norman, asks to borrow the Red River trophy, and just brings a gold hat down. <laughs> I bet Bob would be okay with it. Bob wouldn't. Bob, Bob would just needs not to make a couple phone calls. Oh yeah, he's still like a. I, I think he still technically has a job at OU. He's like bleep a, that out. We didn't we didn't talk about OU this time. Bleep that oh, out. Oh yeah, Sh- shit. We hey we we've, we've gone in thirty minutes and we just <laughs> now. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just now mentioned OU. Give us credit. So yeah, no, I I, I think definitely something wearable. Maybe I mean belt buckle probably doesn't move the needle much. Uh, it's gotta be hat. It's gotta be like a hat or fake guns, or they probably won't do the fake guns. That's probably too much. That's offensive. <laughs> Old snowflake you Thomas. I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, I, was okay, I was wondering what was up. You went silent. Sorry, I was chugging water and I was trying. Thomas, so I muted it, but I didn't click the button all the way back. I was going to say, what about maybe like a cool bolo tie? Could be an option. Oh, bolo tie. I, I don't know how that would Guitar? Work. Guitar. Eh, that would be... I feel it, like that would be really good for like a Nash, like a Nashville type team. But um, I, I, like, I actually like the battle. Cool. Throw down. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of cool options. Um, I, I, like cow, I, I like the cowboy hat idea. It's blasé, but it's stupid, but... I mean, they went with a pretty like pretty basic rivalry name, so I guess you could go with a pretty basic trophy. Yeah, I, I would I would be cool with the hat. I'd be very cool with the hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as they do something, that'd be fun. Just something, yeah. It, it definitely should be recognized as the best rivalry in the XFL, which it's the only 
This is the these are the only two teams who play the like exact even, same state. They're like way closer than any of the other teams, I feel like. Without maybe a doubt. like New York and DC might be the cl- next closest if I'm thinking about it. Like that's yeah, yeah. and we're much closer, so I think even yeah, yeah even Tampa that, Bay out on an island. California out on an island. LA Seattle and Seattle super far from each other. Yeah. Yep. Maybe so this, us and St. Louis is the next closest. St. Louis and like the upside down, that is St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no, it, it should be a good game. Uh, very big test for the Renegades. So hopefully they get the win. Uh, is there anything else y'all want to talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up? We kind of uh, talked a we've talked I, we've talked all over. I think this has to be. I mean, I'm just kind of disregarding the first game against St. Louis as like a one-off because I think we were all just kind of getting used to what exactly the XFL was and what the offense was and we didn't have Landry so I think this really is like the first big test where we get to see just how good we can be and we we can see um if we can stop and handle the roughnecks so yeah this is it boys I haven't even seen have you guys seen a line yet for this week Mm. we can I would imagine probably be about a Four-and-a-half-point line in Houston's favor. Oh, by the way, you guys, my unders only went like two for four last week. Not a good week for unders in the XFL. The scoring is really starting to pick up a bit, which I'm I'm all (laughs) for. Hammer the overs now. (laughs) We're back on the the overs, baby. Okay, uh, hold on. I'm logging into Bovada. Let me check it out. Roughnecks are favored by one. Uh, The total's 50. By one. Yeah. Thanks, I think I may take the Roughnecks on that. the Renegades are a home dog. Never wow. the home dog. Thomas, the cynical guy. It, we got to come out and play in the first half if we're going to play. I will know how that game is going by halftime. There's no so I got So I got one and a half on uh, Bovada and then 50 and a half for the over-under. Yeah, that line's probably going to trend more towards the Roughnecks. I, really, I, like a, I like a Roughnecks like, first half bet. You know what's, a, you know what's actually an interesting one? This seems like... I don't really know what to think of it. The LA Wildcats and the Guardians, because like they're both bad, even though the Wildcats just did. I don't even know what that was against DC. <laughs> so the Wildcats are favored by eight against the Guardians. I'm just really not sure because the Guardians two, are bad. But but it's like two piles of garbage playing each other. I understand New York's really bad, but I thought at least the Wildcats are really bad too. There's without a question a very clear line, in my opinion, within the XFL. There's about only five teams that can do anything, and the other three, like the Vipers, the Guardians, and the Wildcats, aren't going to do anything. It's really, year. it's really between like Battle Battlehawks next, maybe us. I'm still on the fence in DC. Like that's about it. Wildcats are out, the Dragons are out, and Tampa Bay garbage. Yeah, the, the DC, DC's on. DC's on the level of fraud too. We'll put them yeah. on fraud watch. They're they're on fraud watch. Bay this week. They're only favored by two and a half right now. Um, if they aren't a fraud, it should definitely be much higher than that. But I don't know. Yeah, that is definitely like if they if they lose to the Vipers, they're definitely a fraud. Mm-hmm. That there there would be the Vipers are horrible. The weird alternating system between Quentin Flowers and Taylor Cornelius makes no sense. Just go with Quentin Flowers. Corny Dog, though. Come on. Corn- See, Corn Dog only plays good against, like, OU and random good. He only plays good against you good control teams. You call Cornelius. 
<laughs> you can't, Cornelius. The the the, the prospector from Rudolph. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> Great radio right there. <laughs> Sorry um, for our radio audience, which is in fact our only audience. Unless that Bobby is true. publishes the secret footage. Sterling's right here. He counts. I. It actually, every time we record, it actually keeps the uh, video. So I should just start sending out clips with just a montage of Thomas, like, eating almonds and doing weird shit. Stepping away from the mic and just, like, opening his water bottle, like, ten feet away. <laughs> Sorry, some, like, of us had to, some of us had to live like, light, too. Uh, we like we these weird, just, like, angles. Can't just be, can't yeah, be I really, consumed I really by the pod light. I really appreciate earlier when Thomas is just like, do y'all work? <laughs> and I was sitting there, like, giggling on my treadmill in the apartment, Jim, because, Thomas, I'm a student, but, again, thank you for asking. I'm job hunting right now. Have a phone call with the Titans in the next couple of days, I think, so, you know. Yeah, no big deal, humble brag. Yeah, and... Uh, are, are, are you interviewing before or after Tom Brady? <laughs> probably slightly after, but I may be his bitch next year. We'll see. Got it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, that group chat. We're going. We're actually. We're going right down of our our outline here. We're at number eight, where it's like part of it says Bobby repeatedly tries to wrap up the podcast as others slowly go off the rails and can't stop talking. Yeah, um, we, I, I need to. I need to insert the Bernie twenty twenty ad. Uh, I'll get to back to that. I have to give a shout out to Anchor, my sponsor. <laughs> oh my. Uh, oh, shout out okay, Anchor. Peace piece of feedback bobby apparently are so the anchor ad was at the end last time and you said and enjoy it, the podcast because after the podcast he's like and now raising hell with their end but it was just the end of the podcast see i didn't think people would get to the end of the podcast so i just well, threw we have it in pretty, there at the end. pretty avid fan base as i told you guys earlier so that's a good point i'll, I'll be better about that so any feedback just let us know we'll probably read it on air um well, now you have the crystal voice of a golden god over here, so that helps. Oh God! Why did we let you get a microphone? Why? Why did? Why were we okay with this? <laughs> I, I, just as a as a podcast. He's gonna he's gonna need something to do while he's locked in his room for three weeks with the coronavirus here soon. So, Jeez. it already got Ty. I mean, it's one out of four. It, yeah, Thomas. Well, it got Thomas. He recovered, but you know. So, all right, let's actually wrap this thing up. Thank you all. <laughs> guys, like thank- 56 minutes. It's time to get going. <laughs> yeah, this is a good pod. Um, guys, thanks for hopping on. This was fun. I think this, this was, was much less chaotic than last year. I mean, not last year. Last week was some uh, weird energy with slander time with Ty. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love my guy Ty, but man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a whole nother dynamic to the group. He's a wild card. You need the wild card. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but I think I think combining like actually having an outline with the wild card, I think that that would work. So we'll give it a try next week. If anybody uh, actually wants to edit it, besides me and then Bobby at about like eight o'clock and in, in fifteen minutes till we actually get on. So I, I edited what I needed to edit. I got I got my points across. That's all I needed. So. Um, all right. Well, I said all my piece. Go Renegades. Big test on Sunday. And nobody wants to live in Houston, so it's hate week. 
Yeah, Heard it is that. <laughs> Thomas, any final every, thoughts? Every part. Every part of that. Can't wait to beat my trash can. Have a great time. Remind he's gonna have Houston. A, he's going to have a sign. They have to go back to an armpit of a city. That is he's going to have a sign about not stealing his sign. And I don't think the Renegades will take it away from him like the Astros uh, spring camp took it away from the other people. Oh, yikes. Yeah. He's going to have free reign in globe life because that's our turf, baby. Those yeah. motorcycles <laughs> ride. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the bikes. All right. Well, that's the, that's the pod for me. Love, love the veterans on the bikes. But okay. Bobby does it, though. Okay, Chris, I know you're just trying to keep doing it. Keep just continue be off the rails and keep talking. You're doing it on purpose now. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm done. Bye. Okay. So, so for me, Chris and Thomas, this has been raising hell. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, yeah. Go renegades raise hell. <laughs>